It's time for the only show where today's top mid-revenue cycle leaders share the personal stories, struggles, and successes that you won't hear on the big stage, but made them who they are today. Are you ready to go off the record? Here's your host, Brian Murphy. Few CDI professionals are rising as fast, or at least in my opinion, is uh, Fassel Hussein, Executive Director of CDI at Wellstar Health System in Georgia. Fewer still have come as far as he has over the course of his career. A foreign medical graduate and a native of Pakistan, Fassel has risen up through the CDI ranks in a remarkable manner. In his current role, he's responsible for overseeing the CDI strategy and operations for the entire Wellstar Health System, which is comprised of nine hospitals, more than 300 medical offices, along with other service offerings such as cancer centers, rehab centers, hospice facilities, urgent care locations. And that's not all. Uh, recently, Fassel was elected to the Actus Advisory Board to serve on a three-year term. He's also a member of the Actus Leadership Council, and I believe maybe still even the Actus Regulatory Committee. A lot of responsibility here, folks, if you haven't picked up on it already, but he's done it all, all of this with a lot of kindness, humility, and all while raising a, a young family as well, which we're going to get into. So, Fassel, welcome to Off the Record. Thank you so much, Brian, and appreciate the, the kind introduction. Yeah, for having I, me. I'm thrilled to have you here. You and I go back quite a ways uh, to our Actus days and prior positions that you were in, and um Thrilled to get this together on your busy schedule. Absolutely. More than yeah. I can do it. Well, let's, I always like to set the, set the stage with the programs and um, just hoping you can talk about your current role at Wellstar and give us a glimpse into the day of the life uh, at Fassel Hussein as, as executive director. Yeah, my day is a very set nine to five, 40 hour work day. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you almost said that with a straight face. <laughs> uh, no, it's it's uh, you know no two days are really alike to be honest, uh, which is probably typical of any any leader in in, in a CDI leadership role. Yep, um, and I'm no exception. My, my typical day, uh, you know, it it's just revolves around um, sometimes putting out a lot of fires. Okay. Um, you know, because because you know, Wellstar Health System is is a large health system, and you know, the, there are so many moving parts. We are a very tight leadership. I am supported by a wonderful leadership team who oversees just as beautiful and and you know, very competent um, CDI staff team. Um, so you know, so they support me. But you know, many a times, you know, there are things that that occur technology you know, technological challenges that, that occur, you know, in, in the systems that we have, the EMR or the CDS software that we use or any of the other regulatory things. So, um, you know, I call them fires, you know, um, metaphorically, but, you know, a lot of those things that, that need sort of my, my, my approval or awareness. So a lot of the time is, is, is spent on, on those day-to-day -day activities. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you know, um, also work with, uh, um, many of the key stakeholders across the system, you know, I work with many um, physician as well as non-physician leaders uh, across the system, both at like facility level, people like your, your CMOs and your CFOs, CEOs of individual facilities, but also the system-wide um, service line leaders, for example, you know, chief of hospital medicine, chief of cardiology. Um, so, you know, a lot of the time is spent on trying to build those partnerships and looking for, you know, how we can collaborate together so that, you know, our system, um, we have a better quality of the data. Because mm -hmm. Wellstar is a very, very data-driven organization. And that's something that really excites me um, that, you know, showing up for work because they're always looking to learn from the data and trying to, to go beyond just just improving, you know, your bottom line and you know your reimbursement, but actively looking for opportunities on how to leverage that data into improving our patient outcomes. Yeah, and that is really what excites me the most, to be honest. Uh, you know, I'm a huge patient advocate. Uh, you know, that's basically what we all go to med school 
when you know you graduate out of take, taking that you know Hippocratic oath. Um, mm-hmm. So so I think um, that excites me a lot. So a lot of the time is spent on on those partnerships as well. Gotcha. Um, and you know building building tools for the providers um, and working with you know our informatics team because query is one piece of it. There are so many other things that that you can also do to sort of help the providers on getting it right at the point of care. Absolutely. So yeah, it's, it's so just, just a lot of activity, a lot of great things that we are doing here at Wellstar. Yeah. So leadership, <laughs> technology, uh, relationship building, uh, putting out fires. Gosh, you know, I I like to try to structure my days, and I know my my job is night and day different than yours. Um, but I, I I like to build in time for, for example researching guests for a podcast and recording shows or writing, you know, stuff for my newsletters or for, for LinkedIn. And do, do you, ha- are you able to build that structure in or is it, or are you kind of sort of being pushed along by the forces that just come with this job? You, you mentioned putting out fires. Do you have to like block out a big um, chunk in your calendar that says putting out fire from nine to noon? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, you know, you know, so I just recently completed my first year here at Wellstock. Yeah, and you know, and first few months of of any new job, you're just basically trying to drink from a fire hose. You know, you're trying to Mm -hmm. internalize everything, so it's kind of hard to really structure your day because I am always trying to understand, you know, the organization's culture, main stakeholders. So I really feel like it is the onus is on me to build those relationships and work on, you know, whatever it takes around everyone's schedule to sort of help and build those, those partnerships. So really this, this past year, it's my schedule has been all over the place, but, Hmm. and on top of that, you know, a lot of my, my leadership team members are relatively new as well. So, so I've been helping them sort of understand the culture of the organization and, also trying to align some of my older leadership team members, realign sort of the vision and the direction in which I want to take our department and, you know, what, what, how I see my philosophical take on CDI. Um, but, you know, I'm hoping that, you know, now that, you know, there is some stability uh, in terms of, you know, where I have a much better understanding of the organizational culture and where things are at, I'm hoping I will bring some more um, sanity, if I can use that word, to my yeah. schedule um, so that, you know, I can devote more time on the strategic thinking. Because, you know, as, as a leader, it's just so important to carve out some time for strategic planning, strategic yeah. thinking, doing the research on what is the latest and greatest in terms of, you know, regulatory updates or any new technology all of those things, just so that, you know, you can be ahead of the curve and plan for yep. things that are coming your way and be more proactive rather than reactive. So that's one of the things that, that hopefully, and I'll be able to achieve this, um, this next year. Yeah. I hope you're, I hope you'll get there. Uh, hopefully year two will be the year of, uh, of, of Fassel Hussein making a, making <laughs> a little bit more of a, a sane schedule, uh, but you've, you've, you've got the, you've got the right attitude here. And uh, I love that you've just mentioned carving out time for research and keeping ahead of the, the keep, keeping an eye on the road ahead rather than just the day to day, which is the day to day is important, but it can be all consuming. And you've got that, that mindset. We yeah. call it the whirlwind, the day to day whirlwind, because it really is a whirlwind. It just, mm-hmm sucks all the energy into it and you know if you don't protect yourself you know from that and carve out some amount of time even if it's no more than five to ten percent of your week for 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 things that are outside of whirlwind you're just gonna it's it's like you know not being able to sort of see the bigger picture correct Um, yeah 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 well, you mentioned being a, a data-driven organization. Um, I was hoping you could maybe just give us a couple, a little bit of insight into your metrics for success at Wellstar. You know, what do you what do you track on the da- on the dashboard to measure impact? What are you guys looking at to make sure that your CDI program is headed in the right direction? Yeah, we, you know, our 
are big on looking at like a holistic big picture. So I wish I could tell you like, okay, this is one mother of all metrics that we look at and this yeah. is our holy grail and this is what we go mm -hmm. after. We really don't. We, we do look at all the different facets of our program. Many of these metrics are really CDI 101, you know, yep. from the, you know, your, your CCM, usual suspects, CC capture. You know, your CCM, CC capture, you know, financial impact from queries, query rate, yep. you know, all of that, that old school stuff. Um, cause I think there is still some value of at least being aware of it. Mm -hmm. I kind of get uneasy when, when programs are just fixated on it and then just can't seem to think beyond those metrics. Yep. So we, we, we like to at least keep an eye on them, but some of the other metrics that we, that we like to also keep an eye out on is, you know, what is the value of, of, of CDI that we're bringing in the sense of, you know, do we actually need that many touches um, by CDI on these charts? Or if the chart, for example, is already optimized and it's, it's, you know, it has good enough documentation, then maybe those are charts that need not be touched by CDI. So we, we look at, mm -hmm. you know, our, you know, financial impact per touches, for example, that's a metric that, that we look at so that we can constantly make sure that we are, we are bringing value because, you know, as you know, CDI staffs are in very short supply nationally. They don't come cheap either. Um, so we want to make sure that, you know, we are doing right by the organization and we are ensuring that, that you know, every touch matters. You know, that's, yeah. that's something that, that we believe in. Um, so we I love make, that. Yeah. Not, yeah. not to interrupt you here, but, but many CDI professionals think, well, we, we need to get that query rate up. We are, we're measuring our impact by how much we're doing, you know, um, this is, this is, this is quite different. It's maximal impact, but with, with minimal disruption, it sounds like is one of your goals. Correct. You know, because queries just for the sake of queries are, you know, it really doesn't serve any purpose for anyone. You know, think mm -hmm. about the time that the CDI staff is writing that query and think about the, because I've actually run into this issue talking to many of the CDS is that they sort of get disillusioned and dissatisfied with their jobs that, you know, when they know they're writing a query, they know it. CDSs are very, very small. They know why they're writing queries and they would confide in me, oh, you know, we're writing queries just to make up our quota because mm. we have been told your query rate needs to be at set percentage. That's not what you want. And then imagine you're wasting the physician's time as well, who has to answer that 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 query. Um, so anyway, you know, we 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 don't want to be in that in that boat. We make sure that that you know every touch matters, and that is not only the CDS's touch, but also the physician's touch, because it takes a lot of time for them to respond to the queries. And you know, we want really our physicians to focus on things that are more important, which is taking care of the patients. Absolutely. Yeah. I was hoping too, you could offer up maybe one current challenge from your system, from either a CDR coding perspective and one accomplishment, you know, you, you just mentioned um, reducing physician fatigue, uh, fewer touches so that to, to give them a break. Is that something you're, you're, you're challenged with something else? Maybe you want to, you want to touch on. Yeah, that's certainly part of it. You know, one of the things that we are really trying to do right now is how to how to bring a more proactive approach to our CDS. And I think I, I alluded that earlier in the call. We're trying to do what 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 you know I think is more proactive CDI rather than reactive. Mm -hmm. um, queries, I think, by definition, I would say are a reactive CDI because you know, you're, you're reviewing a chart, you're identifying what is missing in the documentation, and then you're reacting to it by sending a query. Yep. So we're, we're, we're trying to build different tools within, within the EMR, which can help providers document, um, document, you know, completely and appropriately at the point mm -hmm. of care, right from the word go so that you know, query isn't needed in the first place. Um, you know, that obviously comes with its challenges because you have to make sure that it's, A, it's all of those tools are built compliantly. 
Yep. We're very, very compliance-driven as well as an organization, very conservative when it comes to risks like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so we want to do everything um, as per, you know, the, the latest practice brief by HEMA and Actus. And, uh, you know, also making sure that, that, that all of those, those tools are clinically appropriate because ultimately the end users for these tools would be the providers. And if, if you know, they're not clinically uh, congruent, you lose your credibility Absolutely. pretty fast. Yeah. Um, so that's one of the challenges, but, you know, we have been um, able to create some of those tools um, and we're very, very excited about um, piloting um, the first set of those um, with the providers. So kind of excited about it and then feel proud of, of the fact that we were able to to accomplish all of that. It, it took a lot of effort from my team that helped me with it. And also the, some of our um, you know, physician partners that provided that feedback and worked with us um, along with you know, our informatics team and for the EMR. So it was definitely a collaborative effort. So very excited about it. Um, obviously I have my own bias because I was so closely involved with it, but, mm-hmm. but I think it's, it's very high quality tools that, that we've built nice. and because these are own homegrown. Um, yeah. I was wondering become, if you could give a little more detail. So is this something that's built within your current EMR um, yes. or is it something that sits on top and, and, and obviously no, it's, it's an interface. It's, it's going to be all within the EMR. And then that's why, you know, it's, it's going to be, you know, it'll stay with us forever. And Beautiful. It, it comes at at no cost. Obviously, you know, there nothing is no cost. It, you know, the organization yep. paid for it through time, and you know, all 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 you know, time is money, as they say. Yeah. Uh, but but you know, we have a lot of control over it, and they were customized based on our practices. Um. So I mean, I can go on and on trying yeah. to enumerate the advantages of building something homegrown, but we're very excited as you can probably hear in my voice. Yeah, absolutely. And, and before we move on from that, just how are you planning on piloting this? Is it a limited number of physicians, certain practice, uh, specialty you're, you're going to have pilot and, and, and what are you looking so, at for a success? Like what, what, what are you hoping to see from this? The latter, the latter. So we were going to start it with a select group of providers in our, um, in, in, in one physician group practice. Okay. Um, uh, it's, it's obviously it's going to be hospitalists, which, you know, are do bulk of the documentation, yep. um, which is true for probably any health system these days. Um, so we're going to pilot that with, with that group and their leadership was actually very instrumental in providing feedback um, and how to, you know, make them, you know, trim them down, and, and make it more palatable to the end users. So, so yeah, um, I have really good feeling that it will be well received by, by, by the other providers as well. Once, you know, we go beyond this, this soft go live. Awesome. Well, I will have to follow up with you after the show to see how it's, see how it's rolling. Absolutely. That's a lot of work. And, uh, wow. And especially in your first year, I mean, you, it's not like you just came in and, Trying to get the lay of the land here. You, you're already implementing and making big changes. And I know anything yeah. with, with EMR changes, when you put that in front of a physician, can be a challenge just to sell it, not just to build it, but to sell them on, on it and then seeing a different interface. It's a lot. Congrats. Yeah, it's, it's go- yeah no, thank you so much. It's, it's a team effort, as I said. Um, some of this work had been started, like at least the idea had been planted okay. before I even came on. Um, but you know, um, I think I just tried to make sure that, you know, it went beyond just an idea. Um, and also, you know, um, encourage more partnerships with, with the physician leadership, um, to sort of get a more buy-in and support for that. Mm -hmm. It's just just been a team effort. Outstanding. All right. Well, I want to pivot here a bit. Um, just saw you at Actus. Uh, Fast. So it was a wonderful meeting. Always great meeting you uh, here. We were out in Chicago for the 2023 Actus Conference, and your organization won the Diversity in CDI Award. Super cool, super deserving. Um, 
you know, can you talk a little bit about that win and and, and what your organization? So this, for those that are listening, this is um, most of the Actus Achievement Awards, all of them actually, besides this one, are given to individuals. This The diversity in CDI is given to an organization. So obviously, Wellstar is an organization that values diversity and its hiring practices and promotions. Uh, you mentioned a quote when you wrote about this on LinkedIn, which I love. Um, you wrote, strength lies in differences, not in similarities. This was by, I believe, Stephen Covey. Mm-hmm. So could you talk about um, winning the award and 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 uh, being part of an organization that really believes so strongly in this? Yeah, I mean, I wish I could take more credit for this, but really mm-hmm. when I walked in, I saw firsthand just, just how much emphasis and how much importance Wellstar as an organization gives to ensuring there is diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging. And I'm like, you know, we just got to share this story with with the world out there. And that's basically, you know, got, got us thinking, okay, maybe we should submit it for the nomination. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we have a wonderful DEIB team. So that office of DEIB, that team helped us in that uh, nomination process. And really you said DEIB, did. which is not the traditional acronym. Usually it's DEI. Uh, B is yeah. belonging. Belonging, yes. Yes, belonging is very, very important. Um, and that's, and really Wellstar goes out of the way to make sure that, you know, our staff, um, you know, they, they just feel feel that as well, that they, that they belong, you know, and, and they feel appreciated, um, you know, for, for who they are. Um, and all we did in that nomination um, application is just just tell everything that Wellstar does. You know, I have worked at so many different organizations, both in, you know, at a solitary hospital, as well as corporate health systems, and also in the vendor settings. Wellstar really, you know, it's not just 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 lip service mm-hmm. to this. You know, they, they really walk the walk as well. And that's, you know, that's why I was just so passionate to make sure, making sure that, you know, we, we, we tell that story out there and was very, very excited when, when Actis actually recognized all of Wellstar's efforts to ensuring that, that you know, we, we uh, you know, towards the, the DEIB initiatives. Like just uh, yesterday, we had a great one-hour session on, on Juneteenth, just as an example. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so, so, so things like that. And, you know, we, they, they make sure that, you know, we are providing, um, you know, care to, to the patients from all different backgrounds, um, you know, the way they would, they would like it. Um, and, you know, respect all of their, their, their core belief system and also ensuring that the, the workforce also represents just the same beautiful diversity mm-hmm. as well. Um, you know, and something that I mentioned in my acceptance speech is that, you know, diversity is not just, you know, racial or ethnic or, or gender diversity or sexual orientation diversity. But, you know, as you know, in CDI, especially, you know, there's there's great diversity of different educational backgrounds that the CDI has. And unfortunately, you know, I've worked at programs where for whatever reason, that is something that was discouraged. They wanted, you know, certain educational background to be represented mm-hmm. more. One of the great things at Wellstar is that, you know, we actively try to recruit folks from all different types of clinical backgrounds because they all really bring their own unique perspectives. Yeah, And uh, I think it's just not just the right thing to do, but it's just a smart business sense, really, to to make sure you have all different aspects covered so you don't have any blind spots. Um, You know, we just recently actually um, internally hired uh, someone from, uh, you know, a predominantly coding background into Mm -hmm. a CDI role. And I was, you know, talking to our educator and she had nothing but praises and nice things to say about, about that individual. Um, but, you know, unfortunately, I see overall in the industry, I feel like those opportunities aren't a plenty as much as they should be. Yep. Um, 
so you know so so things like that 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 I really so have so much respect for Wellstar as an organization to making sure that you know we have all the bases covered covered when it comes to people from all different types of backgrounds you know my, our leadership team as well as you know our staff team have representation from all different races and all different cultural backgrounds you know and my in just our leadership team you know we have single moms um you know traditional um families and you know all different age group so it's 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 just beautiful to see all of them you know come together and work towards you know the success of the organization and the team yeah well and you're the face of this asshole i mean look you you yourself are a foreign medical graduate um graduating if i'm correct from aga khan university uh karachi pakistan where you be, you became an md could you give us a little bit about your journey here um from those days um Going to going to medical school and then eventually coming over overseas here to the U.S. and 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 breaking into CDI. Uh, that must have been you must have run into your share of obstacles along the way. And um, yeah, yeah. So you know, so one of the things that that I think I'm a little different from many of the other folks that that are international medical graduates is that. I actually also completed part of my training in the U.S. as well. Okay. Um, you know, so I did internship at, at UIC Chicago, which is where we were just a couple of months ago. So it was always nice to go back there. And then also, you know, um, internship at UCLA. Um, so I had that exposure to the U.S. healthcare system too. And really during my my time, um you know, being here and taking care of patients, being in that bedside care is when I, you know, sort of started realizing that bedside care wasn't where my passion really was. Mm -hmm. So, so I was, that was something that was at the back of my mind, you know, how can I take all of these skills and the knowledge to, to, to still be a patient advocate and, and, and put to a good use um, because healthcare is all I knew, really. That that's that that's all I knew. Yeah. Um, and you know, I I actually was lucky that I had a friend of mine who had been doing CDI, um, and he's the one who first introduced this whole idea to me. And uh, I had also always sort of liked data. You know, I always say that you know, had it not been for med school, like would have probably gone into actuarial sciences. So I was always had this, this love for numbers. People used to call me crazy because people usually find that stuff really dry and boring. Right. Uh, um, and it's just funny that, you know, um, it's come in full circles because a lot of actuarial sciences, you know, it's, it's about risk monitoring and, yep. you know, and, and CDI basically, helps with all of the risk adjustment of the data. So it's say. just funny how it has all come full circle. Oh yeah. It's yeah. it's all part and parcel of that. Absolutely. So that's basically, you know, how I just, you know, stumbled into CDI mm -hmm. um, and just, just have, have continued to, to, to love obviously throughout the journey had, had some really, really good mentors and, and I have learned so much from, all the different folks that I've worked with, um, I've learned a lot from 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 code coders and the coding leaders that I've worked with, yeah, and continue to do so. Obviously, HIM as well. Um, I actually ended up going back to school as well um, to to sort of try and brush up on my data skills as well as you know because I felt that you know clinical medicine, you know, I understood and obviously CDI content also and having worked with 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 coders I understood that area as well but I always felt that you know the core HIM um, subject matter um, that was something that I just wanted to um, learn more yeah. about um, and also overall data analytics and health informatics space also I wanted to brush up on so that's what I went back to school for and, and you know, got myself a master's in, in, in those two, it was a double majors master. So 
very helpful got the opportunity to do that um so i think it it, it has just uh, sort of made me a little more well rounded in the ability to see the bigger picture and connect all the dots mm-hmm. um um so that's you know you know briefly about myself and my journey yeah oh and by the way 9 months ago you you picked up your rhia as well i mean it's you've you've it's it's amazing what you've accomplished and leveraging that clinical bedside experience and and knowledge and the data piece and HIM. Um, I think you're, I mean, it's amazing. And this is, this is why you've come so far. You're always learning, always pushing yourself. Um, But just, just to circle back on, on, you know, and sort of tie up the diversity, equity, inclusion, and and being open to different hires um, and skills. Again, you're, you're, the poster child for this you've you've you have you bring a wealth of knowledge and information that's different though i mean cdi I mean, there's no secret here it's traditionally been nurse dominated um very nurse heavy and for a good reason you know nurses make for wonderful cdi specialists they sure. also have the um you know at the elbow experience with physicians so if they're it's, it's an easier lift to hear from a nurse that you've been working with in the icu than maybe someone you've never seen before but um, you know, but there, there are also some obstacles. Like I used to always, part of the reason I think is financial, you know, a lot of nurses are on a nursing pay scale and there's a nursing union. And if nursing is, if CDI is seen as an extension of the nurses, um, in that union, it, it can be hard to break in, but, um, I think you're missing out on a, a number of skills and, um, different experiences that can enrich your CDI department. Uh, yeah. I don't know if you had any, any other last thoughts on that or whether you at any point in your career have had to kind of um, open some doors, maybe a little with, with a little more forcefulness or, or, um, or just with, or, or with tact because this profession is um, again, a, a little bit more of the nurse domain. Yeah, no, no, I, couldn't agree more uh, with you, and, and thank you for allowing me the opportunity to to share a bit more on this. Yeah. Um, you know, as you said, if you're shutting the doors to to other backgrounds, you really are losing out, missing out on the opportunity to, to you know give our profession an opportunity to improve as a whole. Mm-hmm. by by that enriching experience from those other individuals you know you ask about obstacles um you know i have actually unfortunately been at the receiving end not personally yeah well maybe personally as well when i was told that because of you know maybe my 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 background i wasn't suited for certain high profile meetings okay. um even though you know i had been i in i was in a leadership role but you know based on um and i don't know if this was something pertaining to the key participants of those meetings where it was felt that maybe someone who looks like me or, or you know has an accent like me wasn't suited for those meetings. So I have actually been on the receiving end of those, those sort of things. Mm. Um, I'd be lying if I said that those things don't hurt you. They do hurt you at, at, at some level, because yeah. you know, there are, there are, there are things I can work on and improve, but then there are things that I just can't change about myself. Um, yep. um, so unfortunately that, that, that stuff, does it still happen? You know, we are, I think, as a society, definitely making progress. And, you know, generally speaking, despite of what it sometimes feels like these days, <laughs> consuming the news and everything, I think mm-hmm. we are still moving in, in the right direction, slowly yep. but surely. Things are improving, I think. Um, but, you know, we obviously still have a long way to go. Um, I've also worked at, in organizations where I firsthand saw folks who had been in their CDI role for several years and being successful in their roles, you know, just because of a change in leadership or a merger, they were let go of just because of their 
educational background mm-hmm. because you know they just wanted all all clinicians and including you know the, the the leader over there who had been achieving great success wow and i ended up leaving that organization within a few months of, of those things because i'm like you know i clearly see the just just how lack of respect and importance they give to their people you know mm-hmm. if they can do something let allow something like this to happen and so, and and you know so that, that just gave me that much more resolve that you know whenever you know i am able to impact those sort of decisions i want to make sure that we never let that happen and i think you know that's something that we overall as an industry in leadership positions wherever we are we call those sort of things out um because it's it's just frankly moronic for lack of a better word it is to yeah. do something like that and you know when i look at those organizations and i look at you know a lot of the medpar data it's just publicly available and i see that you know they have actually trended down in many of of, of their performance metrics and i'm i can't help but think that you know they 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 really set themselves up for failure by mm-hmm. by being so short sighted yep um in in you know making those things uh, be sort of mandatory i can see something become being for example you know an rn being preferred for all the great reasons that you said and then full disclosure our team is also predominantly rns and there is nothing wrong with that you know as yep. you said you know rns it's just a natural fit for them to be yep. a cds um and you know um, i have so much respect for them but you know you you just no one type of cdi professional has all the answers to these complex problems we have it's mm-hmm. just plain and simple you know we live in a world where you know we continue to have more and more complex challenges um and uh, you know we 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 it behooves us to try and get um you know support from all the different avenues and you know inc- be inclusive um in in our problem finding yeah and it's amazing that you are you're taking this this kind of vocal leadership role and and yourself become an advocate for i guess you call them you know non-traditional cdi professionals and um it's amazing to see and uh it was one of the themes i touch on on off the record a lot a lot is the importance of of mentorship um you yourself have become a mentor facile uh, for the or for your organi- within your organization but also the 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 broader industry um you mentioned someone early on that helped you that taught you about cdi told you what it was when you were sort of um not sure whether you know clinical bedside medicine was going to be your path can you do, do you have a mentor that you've had in in your life or anyone in particular that's made an impact on your career where and where you're heading well my mentor in life in general i mean my my parents are obviously one you know i always turn to my my mom my dad i if i could have even half the wisdom they have mm-hmm. um frequently turn to them my wife also i do turn to her from time to time um professionally speaking um um yes you know i as i said you know i have been fortunate enough to have worked with some really good leaders um and you know i as you know i'm 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 not that old but, but i i can certainly see as i say it how I, it may sound like i'm 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 too old but you know as i'm get a number of experiences <laughs> yeah exactly so as i you know as i'm growing older you know one thing that i've learned to really value and treasure are you know all the great people that that i come across to sort of try and hold on to them and make sure i stay in touch with them because mm-hmm. you know you just never cease to learn you know you yeah. you there is there is no stopping when it comes to learning and i feel like you know when you come across folks that are genuine that are sincere and and you know you you sort of connect with them um in terms of you know your wavelength your your mindset and your overall um 
you know, take on life and, 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 and the profession, you want to make that effort. I understand we live in a world where we're, you know, we're, it's, everything is coming at us at so much pace. It, it sometimes becomes hard to keep in yeah. touch with folks. And I'm guilty of that sometimes, but, you know, I, I still try and make that effort to stay in touch with those folks. Um, and I periodically do bother them by asking questions. Hey, um, what do you think of it? Or I'm stuck. Um, and I, I do seek their advice. Um, um, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. Anyone, you know, anyone in particular you want to name or you, you don't have to, it sounds like you have a pretty good network here, but, um, I mean, I I hate to just call out one or two names yeah. for the fear of, of missing out all the other sure. names. Um, but yeah. they know, you guys know who you are. You know, okay. if, I, if I've been bothering you guys <laughs> with my text, <laughs> you know who you are. Yeah. You know, and you you, you mentioned that you've learned the skill and, and I have as well. You know, it's it's so important that you carve out time to not just do your job and, and in your family, but you know, your, your professional contacts and your, that can become friends. Um, I've hit on this and I've, I've written about this in various places, but um, it's, it's a work, I call it a work-life balance grid. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's just a box, four quadrants. One of the boxes is going to be your work, your professional calling. One of them is your health mental and physical, you know, exercise, but also taking time to decompress. Um, one of them I, I call work of the soul. So it's maybe hobbies, activities, interests outside of work. Then the fourth one is relationships. It's, it's your family, but it's your, it's your network, it's your colleagues, and it's your mentors. mentors. Absolutely. And it sounds like you have realized that you need to Make the effort there. I, and, and that's a common mistake. We, we sometimes think that these relationships are just going to happen as right. part of life. But a you, lot of the times we, we make the mistake of just taking them for granted. Yep. You, yeah, they require just like anything else, you know, they, they do require effort. You have to put in that, that effort. But, you know, the reward, the outcome of it is so much more. Uh, mm -hmm. It's like a million times more than the effort that you put in. Yeah. All right. Well, I have a couple more questions for you. This has been a, a wonderful interview so far, but you've, you've been talking a lot about, um, about work and about, you know, your challenges and successes. Um, but work is, again, it's only a part of your, I guess, your current challenges and successes. You, you've got, you've got this high pressure job, one year under your belt, many volunteer responsibilities, which we only touched on with an actus. Again, congratulations on your recent election to the, Actus Advisory Board. I know you're going to make an impact there, but balanced against all of this, you've got a young family. You've got you've got three children, married. Can you talk about just your your family for a minute, and 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 also how you're managing uh, some degree of work life balance, which it sounds to me like a challenge for you, uh, for all of us, but you in particular. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I primarily work remotely okay. um, periodically do travel out um, to, you know, where we are headquartered. Wellstar is headquartered. I am based out of Nashville, Tennessee. I love, love Nashville. Oh, nice. That's Nashville beautiful. Music City. Um, but, um, you know, so, so Wellstar is based in, in Marietta, Georgia. That's where we are headquartered. So um, it's not too often that I have to travel, thankfully. And, you mm -hmm. know, we have done a really good job at, 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 uh, you know, being able to perform with a hundred percent remote team. One of the downsides of remote work, especially in a leadership role is that you sometimes tend to not realize that, that, that boundary of working versus not yep. working. And yeah. uh, that is something that, that, you know, I'm trying to work on, you know, my it's wife easy to open know, up that laptop at eight o'clock at night and just keep yeah, going. Or, you know? or sometimes just my phone. You yeah, know, in the middle yeah. of unfortunate, I'm the first one. I'm gonna raise my hand and admit <laughs> that you know, like in the middle of my conversation, sometimes with with my daughter, I would make that mistake, and I'm really trying hard to improve myself and discipline myself more against that. Um, 
because again, you know, talk, going back to what we were discussing, all of these relationships that we have, they require effort. And, you know, it's not just your work relationship. You got to invest all of these other relationships. And I think um, doing this and not maintaining that work-life balance, it then starts affecting all of those other non-work relationships. You know, as you said, you know, I have a very young family. Um, I have a beautiful wife who has supported me all these years. I would not have been able to achieve quarter of the things that I have been able to without her support. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, just putting up with me alone, I think, is a huge effort <laughs> that she has to do. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, um, on top of that, you know, I have three beautiful daughters, seven almost four and an eight month old. Um, so, yeah. So Last we have all <laughs> our hands full. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm, you know, as I said, you know, actively trying on how to, um, you know, bring that work-life balance back. And uh, what I was sharing in the early part of the call, hopefully over the next year, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm planning to how to, how to really start giving more time to my family because my my oldest one, my seven year old, is a very very opinionated girl, and <laughs> she, she would sometimes actually call me out and say, "Hey, Dad, why do you have to work all the time? I see all the other dads outside playing." Wow, and she calls yeah, me she would, on oh, oh yeah, she <laughs> calls me out, and yeah, it's it's very hard to come up with with an argument against it, you know. Yeah. Um, that's one of the great things I like about kids. They call you out and they, they say it like it is. Um, brutal honesty. Yeah. Yep. Brutal honesty. Um, was it just yeah. being more mindful? You, you mentioned like just catching yourself with your phone and looking at something work related when <clears throat> your, your kids in front of you. Um, oh yeah. Is, is that, is that really what it is? It's just noticing what you're doing. They call it mindfulness. I, I don't know if you have any secrets or anything you're trying to work on specifically there. That, that, and also, you know, when you're working, I, you know, this is not something that, that is mandated by by Wellstar or, you know, my, you know, my boss or anything, but, you know, as you know, you know, there are so many things that, that you, I mean, the, the the list of problems that, that you can work on is, is just endless. You know, you can continue to work and work and work and, okay, let me just, just take care of this, this one more thing. One yep. more thing. And then before you know it, it's been eight more 11 hours, 12 <laughs> hour day for you. Yeah. And I just can't do that anymore. It's just not sustainable. No. And, you know, I think I'm at a point where, you know, my family also deserves that time. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, there's only that many hours in a day. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to bring more discipline and to, to, to that aspect. Um, so I wish I had like a like an answer to this, but you know I'm mm-hmm. also a work in progress, um, mm-hmm. imperfect human being. I'm trying to learn as well. <laughs> well, an imperfect human being, but one who has had some amazing successes and an absolutely amazing career. And um, you're you're right in the middle of it, and I'm dying to see where it's going to go. Um, you're a remarkable person, Fassel, and I really appreciate you coming on the show. But I'm not going to let you leave without one final question. This is the toughest one of all. I know you probably haven't had the opportunity to listen to many episodes of Off the Record because you've, you've been a little busy this past mm-hmm. year, and we've only been going since September. But one of the fun things I do is I I have a uh, – you probably heard of Spotify. I have a Spotify playlist, and I ask all my guests for their favorite hit, favorite song. Um, I try to aim for the seventies or eighties because um, I'm, I'm an old, older person and an old soul, but I'll take any decade of music. Just give me, give me your song that you want to put on the off the record Spotify playlist. Oh boy. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, I have, if you simply go by the songs that I keep playing in my head these days, <laughs> unfortunately, a lot of times it's baby shark or some other <laughs> Nursery rhyme. <laughs> I, don't know, of, I don't know if I can go baby shark. I know. I know. I've been pretty permissive with that. It's just a function <laughs> of the inordinate amount of exposure to that, <laughs> to those. 
I with with an eighteen and a twenty one year old, I've I've been there and I've had I've had wiggles in my head and uh, Barney. Yeah, so, yeah. so <laughs> out, outside of the times when I'm being subjected to that, um, you know, th- there isn't any particular decade or genre. Okay. I mean, I like pop, hip hop, yep, R and B, rock. Growing up, you know, talking about pop, you know, I I did listen to a lot of, you know, Michael Jackson. Um, nice. Yeah, and then I used to like Coldplay a lot too. I mean, I still do. Okay. Yeah. But you know, um, um, and these days I would say I, I really like the weekend a lot. The weekend. Um, okay. Yeah, I like um, um, the Blinding Lights by it. If you you're pushing me to give you one song, I yeah. really like that. All right. All right. We'll go with that. The weekend. <laughs> well, here's no, the no baby sharks, no baby yeah. sharks for your playlist. <laughs> yeah, the, I, I, I'm, I'm a pretty permissive guy, and uh, I, I tend to give my guests the benefit of the doubt, but I'm, I'm drawing the line at baby yeah. shark. Yeah, sure. We'll go with, we'll go with the weekend. Yeah. All right, consider it <laughs> added. Well, this has been a wonderful conversation. Really appreciate this. Again, looking forward to next steps for you, and, uh, and, but celebrating all you've accomplished. You're an amazing person. Passel, thank you so much for the time. Again, for all my listeners, if you if you like Off the Record, please give us a five-star rating on your podcast player of choice. Um, we'll be um, and send me your comments too. If you got any ideas for future guests, ideas about the show, love to hear from you. Always take them into consideration. Well, uh, maybe that next guest will be you. Write to me. You can get me Absol- at yeah. Absolutely. And thank you for having me, Brian. And you're welcome. Uh, you know, best of luck with this, this, uh, you know, it's not a new venture, but you know, with, with this venture, it was really wonderful connecting with you, uh, at Actis. I think your talk that you gave, uh, for Medisa Varda was and sharing your journey over Thank the you. past year. And since, you know, leaving Actis was a very, very moving session. And as always, you know, um, always wonderful catching up with you. Thank you for having me. All right. Take care now. All right. Take care. Thanks so much for tuning in to Off the Record. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. This helps others find the show, and we greatly appreciate it. We'll catch you in the next episode.